Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. Yes, we do still have technical difficulties on occasions, but we're doing the best we can, and I hope you are too. 2021 is a new year. Uh, Jeff said uh, it's December, what, 45th of 2020? I don't believe it, brother. I'm moving into the new year. I'm putting the old behind me, and I'm moving to the promised land. Phil, can I get an amen? We're moving to the promised land. Guys, um, uh, with a saddened heart this morning, I know you've, you've probably heard news already about the passing of Tim Atkinson, a brother uh, in Senatobia that uh, went through deer camp and was a part of our Monday night meetings post-deer camp for several years, uh, moved to Memphis with his two boys and uh, married uh, Denise, his wife, who is now a widow. Tim passed away Sunday evening peacefully at home as peacefully as you could pass, having suffered from pancreatic cancer. Many of you may remember that we made a trip up to, uh, to his home a couple of years ago, thinking he had only weeks to live then, but he made another couple of years, had more time with his boys, and actually had a wonderful weekend uh, back this fall at deer camp with both of his boys and his brother. What a special time that was. Guys, I don't, I don't remember exactly what Tim shared with us up in Cenotopia. Uh, it was in a, in a room with a bunch of us there, and, and, I, and I don't remember the exact details, so please don't quote me on this. But uh, Tim was a Christian. Tim knew the Lord. Tim knew he was saved. He knew where he was going. But even though he knew where he was going, uh, as I recall, he was a little bit scared, a little bit intimidated maybe by where he was going. Guys, I love my brother Phil, and I love y'all for joining us each week. But I've got to say, if we join this group and we participate in Roundtable to only find ways to cope and deal with our lives here, we've fallen short. Phil started this new series, To the Promised Land. Isn't that what this is all about? Not today. Not what we're going to do this afternoon, but the promised land. Where will you spend eternity? I hope you know. And if you have questions, please reach out to one of us. Be open for the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for my brothers that are joining this morning. I thank you for Phil and the preparedness that he does each week in bringing a message from you. I thank you for Jeff and Jeff and Chris in the way they produce this Zoom meeting once a week. Chris putting our handout together, providing it for us so that we have something to review, look, look over, and meditate on during the week. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your life as you walked here and were one of us. Died and rose, ascended to heaven, where my brother Tim is with you today. May we all know you. May we all experience you. May we all live in eternity with you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Am I good to go, Jeff? Good to go. All right. Morning, gentlemen. Thank you, Joe, for that introduction. Um, Welcome to uh, Men's Roundtable from uh, Fairhope, Alabama. 
Uh, it is a brisk 34 degrees in Fairhope this morning. Uh, I've not walked down uh, uh, to the bay. I don't think it's frozen. I don't think they're ice skating out there, but it certainly feels like they could be. Um, so it's uh, brisk, and I am delighted that I've got my good friend uh, Chris Causey and Marek, uh, the Czech Republican, uh, on the patio with me. Uh, so we are uh, uh, hunkered down and warm and got the fire going, of course, and uh, Chris and Mark are um, uh, bundled up, and uh, we are glad to be here. Um, I want to start this morning, uh, as we normally do, uh, with a song. Um, before we even do that, again, if you, I hope you printed out your notes, and I just draw attention, once again, as I did last week, uh, to our logo uh, that we're using for this series. This is a painting by Benjamin West. Um, on the journey of the children of Israel over the Jordan River. Um, and what you'll notice in the uh, foreground is the Ark of the Covenant being carried by the people, uh, the cloud that uh, symbolized uh, God's presence with them. Uh, again, the only thing that's not true about that painting is that when the Ark of the Covenant was carried, it always was draped. And so in reality, uh, you would never see the Ark of the Covenant um, out of honor and holiness, the holiness of God. It was covered. And then you'll see in the fore, even in, uh, more in the foreground, in front of the um, Ark of the Covenant being carried over is 12 stones uh, that represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And um, it, uh, on, the, on that altar that God had them build uh, is engraved the Torah. Uh, all of the first five books of the Old Testament was engraved on those stones, uh, which is amazing. I mean, you think about that. I mean, uh, uh, some of us have a hard time journaling one page. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, carving out the whole uh, Torah on 12 stones. Uh, so just a beautiful painting by Benjamin West um, as the children of Israel crossed the Jordan song I want to offer you this morning. Uh, there's not words to the song on your um, handout because I, I gave Chris so much scripture. Uh, we didn't have room for the words, but I draw your attention to the description of this song at the, at the bottom of your handout if you took the time to, to print out the notes. Um, the song is That's Why I Pray by Big and Rich. You know, that famous country group, Big and Rich, everybody's heard of. I'd never heard of them until I uh, uh, stumbled onto this song. Love the song, but it's um, about with all the tragedy and heartache feeling, uh, filling this world, the narrator in this 2012 country song finds redemptive value in prayer. Um, tells a great story. And guys, with all that's going on uh, in the individual and personal lives of people that I've been sitting with, as well as all the stuff going on on the news uh, uh, um, that we're all aware of, and we need to be committed to um, appealing to uh, uh, our sovereign, holy God on our knees. Uh, and and, and I, I've never been more uh, convicted and drawn to pray uh, for our nation um, and, and pray for the many people that I uh, am aware of uh, that are being challenged. Let me read just a portion of the song, especially since you don't have the words on your notes. Man on the TV has gone insane. I love that opening line. Everybody's just laughing. People's across the world holding on. The earth 
caved in. The ocean came down crashing. My neighbor lost his house because he can't find a job. Don't you dare pledge allegiance. Don't you dare speak of God. Speak of God. Oh, oh, oh. Now I'm begging for forgiveness. I want to make a difference, even in the smallest way. I'm only one person, but I can feel it working. I believe in better days. That's why I pray. Some stupid video posted as a joke, somebody's life gets ruined. Out of everything we can create, where is the cure to keep the sick from losing? Babies having babies because their parents are always gone. Somehow we have forgotten how to make a house a home, how to make a house a home, oh, oh, oh. And then this chorus, I'm begging for forgiveness. I want to make a difference, even in the smallest way. I'm only one person, but I can feel it working. I believe in better days. That's why I pray, yeah. That's why I pray, yeah. May you hear the voice of God, and may you open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. Cool. Man on the TV's gone insane, everybody's just laughing. Across the world holding on The earth caved in The ocean came down crashing My neighbor lost his house Cause he can't find a job Don't you dare pledge allegiance Don't you dare speak of God
haunt me every night And I just can't get through it If I could forget them on my own I'd let go and just move on But heaven knows I am only human Am I good to go, Jeff? Good to go. You hear me? Yep. All right. Amen, gentlemen. Amen. Powerful song. Um, powerful song. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. The words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Joshua, take the land, be the man. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. The book of Joshua is the book of conquest. The battlefield is Canaan, and it is where God keeps his promise that he made with Abraham. In this study, we will see the land, uh, we will use the land possessed by Joshua and the people of Israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day. Each day is a battle to be faced with courage, strength, and faith. You must be courageous, will you? Some of you uh, may have noticed, I, I doubt that anybody would notice, but I changed two lines um, from last week in the introduction. Uh, and part of the reason I did is because we're living in a time where language is so critical and can be so inflammatory. And in the last two lines, I mentioned the idea of fight, that we must fight. I do believe that we must fight. But in this uh, time, when you mention fight, what does that mean? You know, and it can be so polarizing. Um, and I hope that you even understand that even in the song that we use, uh, the best way we can fight, the best way we can fight is on our knees, uh, on our knees. But we need to be courageous, and um, I hope you'll be that even today. Identity, what are we all about? Man, what a, what a topic to begin to dig into today and in the next couple weeks. Identity, who are we? Or what are we about? What are you about? What is the purpose and mission of your life? So pick up your pen. Let's go to work. Let's do a little journaling briefly. 
It may be something that you can go back to when, we, when you have more time. Three questions. Number one, how do you want to make a difference today? Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. I want to make a difference today. Um, because life has been so chaotic, both personally and the stories that I've heard, and again, on the news, the, the last uh, several uh, uh, days in my journal, if you open my journal, which don't do that, you're not supposed to do that. But if you read my, if I, if I read my journal to you, it would just start out, today is a gift. I receive your gift, God. But I want to make a difference. And I would, I would suggest to you this idea of difference anchors us into the idea of what is the purpose and mission of your life? Self-reflective. What, what are you about? Pleasures and making sure that your uh, feng shui is not disrupted? Man, it, 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 there's no way uh, that that is the purpose and mission of our life. I mean, I, I love having a good time as much as anybody. I'm a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I'm about a good time. I'm, I'm about an adventure. But what is the purpose and mission? And, I, and, and you know, uh, I, I've been so fortunate to have good mentors and coaches in my life, fathers who have guided me. In Colossians 1, 28 and 29, uh, as many of you know that have, that have hung around me, uh, is, is the mission uh, of our ministry um, that, that we would seek to bring each person that God brings our way to full maturity. As best we know how, we, we want to guide and, and take them to the next step. So I want to make a difference today. And, and, you know, as I look at my schedule, I've got people that I'm going to be sitting with. I want to make a difference in those people. Second question that I would offer you is, who, who will you encourage today? So, so kind of the, you know, how do you want to make a difference um, today? Uh, uh, is question number one, and even gets us into this idea of loving and helping and guiding. Um, I want to do that, but who? Um, and I think it's important as we start each day, write down who it is. And of course, you know, every day I'm going to write down uh, my uh, wife and uh, Snookapooka and Abadaba, uh, my uh, two girls. Um, there are the who's in our life. Everybody has a who. who. Who are you encouraging? Who do you want to see um, as a difference? So be focused on that. That's what I'm about. That's my identity. I am, I am given a mission every day to love those that I'm around and come in contact with. And then thirdly, what do you believe about today? What do you believe? What do you believe? I believe every day is an opportunity. Do you believe that? I believe God is sovereign and his hand is over us. And the best way that I can approach the day is, is submitting to his care and know that he really is in control, no matter how much chaos that I see going on, that God's in control. And I believe that I'm living out the plan um, of my life. 
Joe, I, I so much appreciated you mentioned our dear brother, Tim Atkinson. And man, you know, um, as I said to him, um, dude, you have shown us how to live and you've shown us how to die. He, he really did. And um, he was so focused uh, on his mission. And, and part of his mission was getting to the deer camp uh, second weekend in November with his sons. And, uh, and it was a precious, precious time. Uh, he knew his purpose and mission. So let's dig in. Identity. What are we about? So again, as we go through this, we're going to use Joshua as a case study in order to understand what it means to be a man. Identity. What are we about? So turn over with me to uh, Joshua chapter 1. Um, man, what a, what a great time. I, I, again, as much as, Joe, we had no idea what God was going to take us into last year when we started our End of the Wilderness series, I'm, I am convinced that God is going to lead us into a better place through the model of Joshua and the study of his uh, word uh, in the book of Joshua. So Joshua chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 6, strength, courage. You are going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. Now, again, I, um, I, I learned a long time ago from mentors of mine, one of the best ways to study scripture and internalize it is to rewrite it as, it as if it were a personal message to you. So as Moses was saying these words to Joshua, and he records it in his book, what would it be like for God to give you these words this morning? Phil, you're going to lead people that you come in contact with today to inherit the land, the promises that many that have gone before have inherited. Write that out. Personalize it. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry it out. The revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. Man, daily feeding on the Word of God, daily. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. Every step you take today, today. Now, along with this passage, which again, I, I encourage you to memorize this passage. Put it to heart. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Uh, spit it up. Chew on it again. Um, is the passage... In Joshua 24, turn, turn over to that. This is the end of the book. This is a good place to start, uh, even as we begin our journey, is at the end of the book, when Joshua is, is commissioning the people uh, once again um, to honor God. And, and, and he challenges them 
and then he says what he's going to do. And, and I, I've seen, you know, many placards in homes uh, with this passage, this verse on it. it, says this, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Okay. You want to serve another God? Go ahead, knock yourself out. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshiped from the country beyond the river. And of course, the implication is, and how'd that work out, you know? Or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. And then, and then this is the phrase that we've seen on many placards in many homes, wonderfully so. As for me and my family, we'll worship God. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't care what other families are doing, what other people are doing, what I see on the TV, what I read in the newspaper. As for me and my family, we'll worship God. May that be our mantra today and the days ahead. So Joshua, Joshua, the wonderful thing about this whole process of studying the book of Joshua as a model is, first of all, it's rooted in history. I mean, you know, the thing about God in his redemptive story is he gives us reality. Um, this, this really happened. He doesn't just give us a story, Aesop's fables or, you know, some sort of fairy tale to kind of inspire us. Uh, but this actually happened um, to where the book of Joshua brings to life a real history during a, cru a crucial period of transition for a people who now settled down to become a nation. We're supposed to learn from history. History is important. I, I remember in fifth grade, I was exposed in fifth grade to American history for the first time. Dude, I loved it. I mean, I fell in love. I had a great teacher, Mr. Lewis, and I mean, I was, I was captured uh, by history and we're to learn from history. Now, I love this quote by Francis Schaeffer. It's, uh, it's there on your note. Chris did a great job, as always, with the notes, included this quote. Listen to what Francis Schaeffer says. God's unconditional promise stands when men violate the character of God. Even, even though it's violated, it still stands. This is not ordinary sin, but stupidity. It's like rubbing your hand over a rough board and getting splinters. For it opposes what we are made to be and what the universe really is. And then, and then listen to this. God has revealed his character. And if God's people obey his character, the conditional blessings stand. The conditional blessing is if you obey me, there will be blessing. If you curse me, uh, if you disobey, there will be curse. There will be consequences. Once we understand this, we really understand the flow of history. And, you know, as has been said, you know, when America ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. Um, and it's the idea that individually and corporately, history is real. Um, and, and, and we see God's blessing on individuals and groups and nations and we see him removing his blessing. So history is important. And 
one of the things that we see through, through, through this study uh, of Joshua is that God is alive. Now, for some of you, that, <laughs> that may seem, okay, big deal. To me, it is so critical in my own story because I'll, I have struggled um, in my journey at times it, believing that God was really involved and, real, and God cared and, and even kind of believe, believing a kind of deism uh, that God's kind of put it in motion and I'm on my own. I have felt that as I think we all have at some point, but it's important in this study of Joshua that we understand that the Bible insists that we serve a God who is real and involved in history. Yes, even now he is involved. He is alive. And I, and I am so comforted by that. He is not on vacation. And then, and then, and then thirdly, this idea of the land, this idea of the land. Now, again, it's, it's real. It was a, it was this small plot of, of land that not very big, seemingly insignificant. And God gave the children of Israel this tangible dirt, put your hand in it, water it, grows plants. It's real. It's, and, and the idea of this land is the story that shows God's involvement in his people and their wonder over his interest in them. I'm amazed that the God of the universe takes a personal interest in me as he does in you. Powerful. That's what we see. Now, in Joshua, what we see is he is the hero of the story. I mean, uh, what great story doesn't have a great hero? I mean, you guys who have uh, young uh, children or grandfathers who have one children, I mean, how many superheroes did you see at Christmas? You know, we love that. Batman, Superman. I mean, I'm sure there's superheroes that I don't even know about that's come about in, in, in the last few years. But it's like God always works through a person. You will be the hero today. The intent is that you would be the hero of your own story somehow, that God has a purpose and mission for you even today as he had in, in Joshua. Now, there is a numerous scriptures that I've got listed in our study today. I don't know how many that we'll get through, but the point of these scriptures, one after the other, and there, I don't know, there's eight or nine scriptures that I've got listed there. We'll, we'll go through as many as, as we have time for. But the point that I want you to see in this is that Joshua went through a process a journey all his own to get to where he was commissioned by Moses to lead the people over the Jordan River. It's an amazing process that when you take out these passages all through Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, um, that time after time after time, the passage says, and there was Joshua with Moses, and there was Joshua with Moses. See, Joshua was uh, with Moses throughout the journey. 
that we first see Joshua in Exodus 17. So turn over to Exodus 17, and I'll show you the first time that we're introduced to um, Joshua. And, it, and it's an interesting introduction. In verses 8 through 16, uh, Exodus 17, this is where we're introduced to Joshua. He shows up for the first time at Rephidim. Uh, verse 8, Amalek came and fought Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua, select some men for us and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will take my stand on top of the hill holding God's staff. It's the first time we're, we're introduced to Joshua. And, the, and, and what's he told to do? Go fight. Guys, honestly, that is the way we begin each day. I've got to fight on my knees. I've got to fight the enemy. And again, the enemy is not nearly as much out there as it is in here. My struggle with my heart, my flesh is at war with me every day. Joshua did what Moses ordered in order to fight Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill. It turned out that whenever Moses raised his hands, Israel was winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tired. So they got a stone and sat under him. That had to be hilarious. These piles of stone holding up his arms. He sat on it, and Aaron and Ur held up his hands, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. And Joshua defeated Amalek and his army in battle. Now, again, the power was not some magical um, uh, 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 um, application uh, of Moses's arms. It was symbol symbolizing God, not man, was where the power was coming from. God said to Moses, write this up in a reminder to Joshua. Isn't this interesting? Now, again, here, here the preparation for Joshua. God had in mind plans for Joshua way back here. This is the first time um, that we hear Joshua's name. And God said to Moses, write this up as a reminder to Joshua, to a reminder to Phil, as a reminder to Chris, as a reminder to Mark. And what Moses was writing turned out to be what we're reading today, of course. But it was a preparation for Joshua to keep it before him because I will most certainly wipe the very memory of Amalek off the face of the earth. And Moses built an altar and named it God, my banner. He said, write it down, write it down. Now, again, what he wrote down turned out to be scripture itself, but it, once again, we see by implication a need to journal, write it down, write it down. I mean, you start out the day writing it down today, God, I'm ready for my mission. I'm ready for my purpose to be lived out. And then at the end of the day, take a minute. Wow, God. Wow, what a day. What a day. Thank you, God. Write it down. Write it down. So what we see in the, in the, in the hero here is defeat the enemy every day. We're in a fight. And, and again, I would say that the application for me and you is my greatest problem is not what's out there, not what I see around me, 
not, not who I sit with in terms of their issues, uh, not what I see on TV. You know what my greatest issue is? What goes on in my crazy head. It, I mean, if you knew what was going on in my crazy head half the time, I mean, you'd probably run. You would run. I mean, I'm crazy. Um, and I need to defeat the enemy inside, um, not outside. It's the greater issue. My heart is at war with my flesh every day. And so the preparation, the preparation. Um, turn over just a couple pages in Exodus 24. Exodus 24. Next time we see Joshua is at Mount Sinai. And what, and what Joshua is learning is the glory goes to God. Listen to this, Exodus 24, 9 through 17. Then they climbed the mountain, Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and saw the God of Israel. He was standing on a pavement of something like sapphires, pure, clear sky blue. He didn't hurt these pillar leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. And God said to Moses, climb higher up on the mountain and wait there for me. I'll give you tablets of stone, the teachings and commandments that I've written to instruct them. And then listen to this. So Moses got up, accompanied by whom? By Joshua, his aide. And Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Once again, just in that whole passage, we see uh, the uh, preparation of Israel's future leader. Exodus 32, verse 17, um, again, Joshua is with Moses when he comes down the hill. And, and now what does he see? What he sees there is he sees the terribleness of the people's rebellion and their sin. He, he saw that rather than them waiting on Moses faithfully, they come down the mountain, and these crazy people have constructed a, a golden calf. They have gone crazy. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Don't go wayward. And Joshua saw the waywardness of the people. Exodus 33, what, what uh, jo uh, Joshua learned there is he learned that God could and would guide his people. Uh, that God was going to continue in the tabernacle. And he was present with them. In the camp in Numbers 11, God's glory is first. God was teaching Joshua, make sure that you give the glory. I mean, I mean this idea of God gets the glory has got to be a critical part of all of our lives. God gets the glory. And, and it, we're so easy... Uh, it's so easy uh, to take credit for something that goes on. And none of us have anything that God hasn't given us. And then um, in Numbers 13, of course, is spying out the land. And we all know the story there. But what's so cool about that passage is that Joshua's name has changed. Up until then, he's been um, Hosea. And, and Moses literally changes his name to Joshua. And it's interesting because the name Jesus in Greek is the same as the Hebrew name Joshua. He named 
he names him Jesus. I have to tell this quick story. This, uh, I, I've told this before. Um, years ago, the San Francisco Giants had three outfielders that were brothers, Felipe Alou, Matty Alou, and Jesus Alou. Now, we all know in Spanish how Jesus is spelled. It looks like Jesus. And so uh, I'm watching the baseball game one Saturday afternoon, and my dad walks in the room, and Jesus Alou is batting. And you know how they put on the bottom of the screen, you know, the the name of the batter and his batting average and all that. And my dad walks in and he, and he looks on the screen and there's Jesus Alou that looks like Jesus Alou. And my dad said, I cannot believe that. Who would name their son Jesus? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it's like Jesus, uh, Yeshia, Jesus. And then uh, it's, a, it's a powerful passage just to take the time that, that we don't have to read Numbers 26. And this is where jo uh, Joshua is commissioned. And Joshua finds out in this passage by Moses' hand that he has been marked by God, chosen by God. That's what ordination means, is that you are ordained, you are called. And Moses goes through the ordination service of Joshua and he is particularly, specifically called out. Guys, I believe every day is a day of ordination. Every day, I'm ordained uh, as a warrior, and I'm invited to be courageous. And, and God's been preparing me for this day through all of my life. This day, today, I'm ordained. I'm called. And then finally, Moses' final address, and Joshua is, is, is told in this final address, of, uh, of Moses, Deuteronomy 31, uh, those eight verses um, that he is commissioned to lead the people over the Jordan River. It's powerful. Joshua found out who he is by going through a journey of preparation. I'm going to show you this clip. Everybody's seen this clip, but I hope it'll be particularly meaningful to you this morning as once again, we watch a warrior um, be really clear on who he is. May we hear the voice of God in this. Watch this. You'll know this clip. Uh, gladiator. Guys, guys. Your fame is well-deserved, Spaniard. I don't think there's ever been a gladiator to match you. As for this young man, he insists you are Hector Reborn. I was a Hercules. Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! You will remove your helmet and tell me your name.
My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. me jeff i can i can yep yep all right gentlemen that scene never gets uh old so inspiring my name is gladiator and then he turns his back and commodus says slave you'll remove your helmet and tell me your name and then listen to this once again his words he faces Commodus, who represents the enemy. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, and loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Wow. We're all inspired by that. And when he says that, what happens to Commodus? He shakes. You see fear. Guys, we want to be men. And I would just close with this. There's three things that we all want. Um, and Joshua is such a model for us as a type of Jesus. First of all, we all want a cause. A mission, a purpose. Today, I want to make a difference. 
deliberate, intentional. I don't, I don't care if it's you go to the convenience store to get gas. Man, those, those can be holy moments, a divine appointment, someone in need, somebody that needs just a smile, just encourage, you know. Of course, smiles, now you got to take your mask down and then, and then smile and put it back up. Make a difference. And then we all want a companion. Life is a team sport. Love your wife, love your family, love your kids. Call somebody on your team, encourage them. I guarantee there, there's every one of us have people in our lives today that need to be encouraged, whether it's the stranger that you meet or the person sleeping in the bed with you, a companion. And then, and then thirdly, a conviction. What are you willing to die for? What are you fighting for? A conviction, a belief system, a worldview that makes sense. I want God to be glorified in my life today. We'll close with this. When we seek our identity in Jesus Christ and his gospel, we will find a deep, lasting satisfaction so infectious that others will want it too. Guys, I believe that. I want my life to resemble that. I, I truly believe that when I walk into a room that people smell Jesus. <laughs> not, not because, you know, somehow I've sprayed Jesus under my arms uh, in the morning. Uh, uh, not at all. It's just, that's what he does. I mean, he can use a person like me, a person like you. May you be the aroma of Jesus all this day. That's your identity. That's my identity. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you uh, so much for the uh, historical, true story of Joshua and your word. May we live out our purpose, our mission, our cause with companions and with conviction all this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day and a great week. See you next week.